being realistic with your goals. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Please join me in welcoming Jessica Susan from Game Plan Sports. They provide high-quality strength and conditioning programs for youth athletes to help set them up to succeed both on and off the field. She is a youth advocate and mentor and has had many years of experience fundraising and leading events for nonprofit organizations. Jessica works in financial services and specializes in business development, estate planning, and charitable giving. Her professional experience also includes business administration, management, and accounting. She is studying to become a certified personal trainer and strength coach and lives in Manchester. This episode is brought to you by Safety in Freedom, where we help people own their power, embrace who they are, and break cycles. Are you struggling with deep, safe, intimate connections and not sure how to navigate them? Go now to safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. That is safetyinfreedom.com forward slash call. And we would love to be able to offer you some support. All right, all right. Welcome to the Intimacy Truths Podcast, where we are talking about being realistic with Jessica Susan from Game Plan Sports. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. You are very welcome. I'm super excited to be talking to you today about being realistic and what that has meant for you and your life journey. I'm looking forward to speaking about that as well. (laughs) So tell us, where did that start for you? So being realistic about um, like weight loss for me and my body image and, you know, how I want, how I wanted to present myself and how I wanted to feel physically and emotionally, I, I would say started probably around three years ago. And for me, it was um, facing some um, um, medical issues that had been ongoing that I hadn't addressed in a while and also allowing some um, medical issues that I had struggled with my entire life, again, having to face those as well. And um, knowing that if I really wanted to feel better, I needed to address that and then also getting more in shape and losing weight. So that was a big deal for me. Yeah. And so uh, the medical issues is really what initiated the change. But was there any thought before of uh, like, okay, I really want to start making these changes and, and trying to find that way to being realistic about it? Um, A lot of what I was dealing with, I kind of felt like I had to live with and adjust my lifestyle to. So um, after adjusting as much as I could and making as many changes to accommodate things in my life, I finally was faced, you know, head on with, with changes that I had to make. 
Yeah, interesting. I love that how you say that because uh, that's often why what people do, they feel like they have to live with these ailments. They feel like they have to live with these physical, emotional, you know, work challenges, whatever it might be in their world. They feel like, oh, this is just a pain that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. And they try to find this way to acceptance. Now, there are some pains that we, some do, there's, you know, inevitability of like a TBI. Well, you can't reverse the TBI, most likely the traumatic brain injury, uh, which mm-hmm. is what a TBI is. So um, it then there's going to be some elements of that that is needing to accept, but there is this never ending journey of growth and, and healing that you can still embark on throughout that also acceptance. So it sounds like you did that uh, in your own experience when it comes to the medical health or medical challenges, the health challenges you had, and then you transformed that. You know what, Stephanie, I totally agree with you. There's some, some things that you have to, you know, deal with in terms of, you know, that are more serious issues that you, you can't necessarily overcome with some simple changes, but sometimes things are simple. You just have to find the right people to help you. Yes. And that, so that was your key to your success is finding the right people finding the right people and, um, you know, making simple changes, small changes, because they can be enormous. They, they can be just life altering. And overwhelming too. Like choices can be overwhelming. So trying to figure out like, what is that simple next step? What is that micro action that I can get to maximize my results? And so for you, what was that journey like? Uh, for me, it was finding out that I had food intolerances oh, okay. and um, that, um, a, you know, lifetime NSAID usage for like back pain and for other aches and pains had really done a number on my stomach. So I needed mm. to heal my stomach lining. And I also needed to address these food intolerances that I had lived with my entire life and I just didn't really know, know about. So it was ch- making like major diet changes. Mm. And then but once you made them, you felt so much better. You stopped worrying about all the stuff you were missing. Yes, so true. I, I totally agree on so many levels. Uh, and then there was a piece to what you were saying that I had, but I lost it when you said the last comment. Um, but when it comes to like not eating 90% of the grocery store at first, it's like, you feel kind of, I felt for me, I felt gross. I'm like, I can't eat 90% of this. That's a bad thing that I can't eat 90% of the store I'm supposed to be able to eat from. (laughs) Uh, That like mind blowing experience. At first it was like, oh no, I have to give up Oreos and ice cream. Like that's like my thing that I love to find that little hole in the wall ice cream store. And so how could I be realistic about it? Well, there's other healthier options than dairy ice cream. For me, I had to get rid of dairy and gluten and finding those other options. Guess what? They taste better. (laughs) Their sugar content is lower. They actually have protein in them. And, you know, some of the other options that are somewhat healthy for us to be eating. So uh, was that similar to your experience when you started to let go of the things you felt you were missing out on? It was. And what I found is that once I started, um, similar to what you, you were going through is I can't have any dairy, I can't have any grains at all. And 
um, it's, I'm just intolerant to all different kinds of grains like oats and barley and rice and, and you know, breads and things like that. But once I eliminated that from my diet and then kept an eye on refined sugars, I found that my blood sugar stabilized. So all the stuff, all the emotional issues that I was having because I felt like, um, it, you know, it might be um, spikes in my blood sugar, that went away. My low blood pressure normalized it's normal now it went away it's okay yeah okay yeah <laughs> so we can retake that if you want yeah um <laughs> i have a dog here yeah very cute <laughs> yeah um the dashboard so, that's what i was going to say earlier is all yeah. those little things that you were having these challenges with i equate those to like the dashboard on a car when there's something wrong with the engine a light goes off well, we don't have a light goes off. It's really our brain that's like, oh, this ache and pain. Oh, my belly ache. Oh, this thing and that thing, right? Those are mm -hmm. all those lights on your dashboard and your brain going off like there's a problem and then we need to investigate to figure out the problem. Um, yes. And usually is very helpful for people like, okay, let me start listening to what my body is telling me so that I can start making the changes and find the right people to help me overcome those changes. Yes. And sometimes what, what started up as like fighting words, um, aren't that bad is if you can find some substitutes that work. So for me, having a doctor or anybody tell me that I had to cut out coffee, I mean, was really like, that was the end. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't live with that. But what I, what I discovered is that what I really needed was some caffeine and there's other ways to get caffeine like um, green tea or even regular tea or kombucha. Those work really well and they satisfy that caffeine desire um, without, you know, destroying my stomach as well. Yeah, so, so awesome. So when you found the right people, what, what started to transpire for you? Because finding the right people, the journey of finding the right people can be hard for some mm -hmm. people, at least yep. in statistically for a fat therapist or a counselor, an average of 12 before you find the right one that suits you. Um, so that's a pretty high number when you're, when you're divulging these trust and this vulnerability to people and your environment is very similar. You have to divulge this trust and this vulnerability with the people that are helping you on these journeys. So what was that like for you? Um, I, I did some online research and I asked a lot of questions when, when I actually sat down with um, my trusted advisors and it, it came down to the point where it's like, Jessica, what you're doing isn't working. So these people are offering alternatives. It's time to take it, maybe take advantage and just try what they have to say. And it's just, it's, it's, it's being vulnerable. It's, it's kind of. Um, just letting go and just trusting other people. Yes. And I like how you mentioned, ask a lot of questions because oftentimes like with doctors, for example, people will feel like uh, they have to listen to the doctor, even if they feel like something's off, this isn't the right process for me. I need to, I, I know I need to ask more questions, but I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to do what the doctor says. Cause you know, they went to school, so they know it all. Well, that's not always the case. Um, and even if they don't, they don't disrespect them by any means, right? Like they did go to school, they earned their degree, they earned their education and their licensure and all that other stuff. But just because they may not know your answer doesn't mean another doctor can't help you find it. And you're paying them for a service. You're not paying them to be God almighty and, you know, telling you how you need to live your life and everything like that. And so I really like to empower people to, uh, ask those questions you need to ask and don't be afraid to make a change if you don't feel you're getting the right answers.
Exactly. Because sometimes you, like you said, to your point, you need to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you don't feel like you can do that, bring in someone who would be able to do it. That's an, again, finding the right people that back mm -hmm. to that, um, being realistic and, and how to do that. So, uh, once you found the right people, what was your journey like? Um, it, it was surprisingly simple to me for someone who had battled with, um, the same 50 pounds losing and gaining and losing and gaining the same 50 pounds. Um, the changes that I had made in my diet. Um, plus, you know, doing strength training and some cardio work and not exercising as heavily or feeling like I needed to do as much as I had done previously. Um, oh, wow. I had great results. I, I, I was, I was actually taking weight off and I'm 50, 55. So at 52, I was actually taking weight off at the same rate I would have, if I had been like 25 or 30. Mm. So, you know, I mean, and, and this is someone who couldn't lose any weight, even doing the same things that she had done at 25 and 30, just wasn't coming off at that point. So there had been like physical changes in my life, plus my, my, the, the, the problems that I was having with my stomach that were aggravating this. Yeah. So. The inflammation. Mm -hmm. Is that what it was? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Infl inflammation. It was um, like a leaky gut. So my yeah. stomach lining had, had been just damaged to the point where I, I just wasn't processing food properly. Mm. So. Wow. Ouch. Lots of, and then to deal with the physical ailments that that comes along with and all the challenges that are, it's hard to, uh, when your body is trying to heal and then you're, you're exercising it to get it to do what you want it to do. Um, and I, I love how you connect the dots between, you know, working out hard and not seeing the results. And then sometimes people get to that place and they're like, I'm broken. I'm not doing this hard enough. And then they break themselves and hurt themselves because they go even harder thinking it's going to get them better results. In reality, the, their body is trying to say, I don't have enough energy for you to see the results you want to see because I'm, I'm navigating whatever is going on internally that needs some help healing. Yeah. And sometimes even, you know, your mental state plays a huge role in it. Like I can remember starting out with a, a personal trainer and literally arguing with myself every single time that I was going to go to meet with this person. Like, you know, I can think of a million things I can be doing right now rather than going to personal training and becoming aware of that and taking that thought, um, capturing that thought and really analyzing it and being aware of that was, um, was something that I, I had to do as well because I could have found every single reason possible not to train. And that was one thing I really needed to do. And one of the other things that I found is that I spent so much, I spent more time thinking about working out or training than I actually spent doing it. <laughs> Interesting. That's a, quite a fascinating observation. So yeah, it, it, it sets you free once you can you know, work, work through some of those issues. I wish that I could like take that wonderful observation and apply it to everybody that I work with <laughs> because oftentimes we get stuck in our own stories and our own paths, our own journeys. And we're trying to uh, figure out like, what's the thing. And even though it's sort of right in front of us, we can't see it because we're trying so hard to figure out what it is. And instead of taking that kind of step back and trying to figure out the observing of what our situation truly is at the core. Uh, 
I love, I'm so excited. This has been such an awesome conversation. So uh, you lost your 50 pounds and now how are you? I'm doing great. It's been about three years now. I'm on three, uh, yeah, the third year and I've managed to keep it off. Yes. So it, that is, it's a testimony to what I learned and, and applying that, what yeah. I learned. So, and then yeah. that's, that's expanded you into uh, wanting to help other people find those answers. It has, it definitely has. Um, I, I, I'm dedicated to helping people develop good habits so mm. that when they, you know, they journey through life, they, um, they're more active. And so do you want to share how you do that? I would love to do that. So um, we started a nonprofit called Game Plan Sports. We're based out of Manchester, New Hampshire, and we empower youth athletes to be top performers in their sport by providing strength and conditioning programs that help them become um, stronger, faster, more agile, and most importantly, Stephanie, help them reduce the risk of injury. Mm. And so what made you choose, did you say middle school? We've, we have a middle school and high school program. High school. Yeah. Yeah. But we definitely, we, we work with more middle school athletes. Yeah. Um, high school athletes generally come into us uh, with a coach and a mm. team already assigned. So they don't necessarily come into us on an individual basis. And so what made you choose like a, an uh, under 18 sort of population versus someone, maybe people your age or uh, a group that, what made you choose that specific well, I, I really love working with middle school and high school kids. Yeah. I really enjoy that age group. Um, and in this area, in the Northeast, they have limited options available for strength and conditioning training. Um, so they either can pay for it out of pocket or they belong to a team that offers it as part of their training program. Um, so there's a there's a huge need for affordable access to this type of training or, to, you know, to have it available to kids who can't pay for it at all. So yeah. that's who we're trying to reach. Yeah. So a lot of what we do is educate kids on, you know, you know, weight room etiquette coming in, um, learning how to, you know, uh, lift weights safely, learning how to use their bodies and how to move how they would on the field. And then also, you know, educating the parents as well. And in basic, there's a huge disconnect between, and I can speak for myself and my own childhood experience. There's a huge disconnect between wanting to play a sport and wanting to be involved in the community, wanting to have friends, wanting to be involved of a team of some sorts and being able to get there uh, healthily instead, instead of just, you know, ripping that bandaid off. And for us, we used to play, you know, in the streets, we would do street hockey and our rollerblades and all these different things, but there was no program that we could go and actually hone in on the rules of the game or, mm -hmm. you know, those, those strength conditioning as well. Um, and, and all the, the pieces that go into playing, keeping your body healthy so you can play an effective game. Exactly. And a lot of these, a lot of kids, at least when I was growing up, you were trying out for teams already in, you know, middle school and high school. So if you didn't come in with some of these, you know, these skills or this training already, you were, you might not get chosen for the team. Yeah. And then you would, you still wouldn't have access to it at that point. Yeah, yeah. this is awesome. So did, did you just kind of like wake up and was like, I want to start this, this nonprofit? How did, what, how did that transpire? 
It was it was kind of interesting. Um, I work with uh, was working with a personal trainer over at EFX Fitness. His name is Mike Bistany, mm -hmm. and um, he was offering a program called Strength and Speed uh, for youth athletes. And one day I was just kind of thinking about it going, well, you know, what do kids do if they can't afford to pay for this training? And I'm texting Mike and I think I, this, as the story goes, I was in line at Walmart and we're texting back <laughs> and forth. And I said, so what happens? And he says, well, unless they belong to a team that has a booster program that raises money for the specific training, they may not get it at all. So this, this part of the country is kind of behind the rest of the country in terms of oh. offering this type of training on a, on a general basis or having strength trainers in school. So that puts our kids in the Northeast at a disadvantage. Um, Interesting. You know. Interesting. I didn't know that. And now thinking back to gym class, I mean, I, we had a weight room and there was a rotation in high school. There's a four year, you know, I think we had to take gym for a half a year uh, each year, but I skipped out on it because I played two sports in a year. So mm -hmm. I got to like waiver it, but I never one stepped foot in a, in a weight room uh, until college. And even then in college, we didn't, our, our coaches didn't require team training days when it comes to the train. There was no follow this structure so you can have these strengths it was you go to practice you kick the ball around you do the drills and you'll learn how to do the things but you're not actually learning how to do your how to exercise your body effectively so it's definitely looking back it's like wow yeah there's a huge need for it there is a huge need for it and we're working with um, soccer teams right now and one of the big things of course is speed and agility mm. Um, that's one of their, their big asks when we put together a sport specific program for soccer. Now, are you doing uh, like schools and specifically organized uh, um, places or are you doing, I forget what it's called, like they have in, in New Hampshire and Manchester, they have Manchester East Soccer League, Manchester West yes. Soccer League. Are you also working with those organizations? We are, we're set up so that we can work um, directly with the public as well as through school athletic programs and with um, local nonprofits, other nonprofits that serve children as well as local teams. So sometimes they're town leagues, sometimes they're for-profit leagues and then sometimes they're nonprofits. So oh. we're set up to work with everybody. Um, we're just trying to get the word out so people know that, that we're available and what we offer. Yeah, very cool. I'm excited. I'm so excited that I'm you're excited here. Too. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And there, uh, there's so many, being a child that needed this as a kid, uh, being able to share this with the world is something that I'm very passionate about and offering that guidance. So hopefully listeners, you were able to get how being realistic is really empowering. And it, it, it may not feel simple, as simple as it really can be. Um, it's just, it's all about moving those feelings of complexity out of the way so you can get to the results and the goal that you really crave. Uh, and then if you do know any kids that are looking for strength and agility training in Southern New Hampshire, mostly, right? Yep. Manchester yes. and the surrounding areas. Yes. Yes. Please send them to Game Plan Sports. Uh, we'll put your website in the notes so that people can click and have access to that. Um, and then is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Um, no, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity today, Stephanie, to, to present to your listeners. You're very welcome. And thank you for being here.